Cool. This will be fun. Time for the peep show. <laughs> oh, dear. That's an intro. <laughs> That's it. We're starting. I had a different intro. Were you recording that? Oh, we're in. <laughs> it's too bad. <laughs> Sorry, I, Mark. I kind of like yours better. Oh. We can't go. Any- we have to go. We're just starting? We're in. No. Well, who doesn't like a good peep show? <laughs> there. It's been elevated. You know what I was going to start with? I was going to do the bid typical intro that we do and then i was gonna, what's up everybody and then i was gonna say hey jim peep this sure that's which i thought was pretty that's more pg for sure if you haven't gathered yeah that is a little more pg if you haven't gathered everybody if you're still listening we're talking about peep sites and ryan you have a couple fine examples of not only firearms but the peep sites that sit atop them yeah I think this is also, uh, it shows how diplomatic, maybe that's not the right word, we can be when talking about all sorts of sites. I mean, we sell telescopic (laughs) weapon sites. Here we are talking about some good old-fashioned irons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the the word that I'm looking for? I don't think it was the one I used, Jim. No, I think it was good. No, you were correct. You're talking about, wait, diplomatic or the telescopic part? There, you threw around a couple of uh, a couple terms. of words with more like than six the more, letters in them. The more the the, the diplom- <laughs> like uh, we're just like impart like we're you know we'll talk about anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that's what makes us a really good show. Yeah, I think so too. Which guns are these, Ryan? I know one of them because I have the same gun. So, this is the model uh, Winchester Model eighteen. What ninety five? Ninety five. Yes. So before us here, we have a couple of modern reproductions from the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. I have an 1885 high wall, and I have an 1895. Both awesome guns. Modern reproductions. Very what, cool. Just in real quick, too. So yeah. the 1895 is in 405 Winchester, That's correct. correct? What's the, is this a 4570, that I'm is, guessing? The yep. 1885. 80, 85, 85, 85, yeah. With the octagonal barrel. hmm That Very is a nice. traditional sporter. Gosh, they are cool. Yeah. Very pretty. Both lever guns. Uh, one's a lever gun, one's a, a falling block. Great. Now I look like an idiot. Well, it's okay, Mark. uses a, a lever to lever drop on it. The, yeah. the block. It's, you know, it's got a lever on it. We'll close it up. Looks a little goofy with it open, but that's it. Drops down, drops that uh, falling That is block. very svelte. It's a super cool gun. I really enjoy shooting it. Why the peep sights on these things, Ryan? Truth be told, I've got rotten vision. Which is which is a, a difficult thing to contend with, especially as a young person. You think, you know, you've got lots of years left of, of being able to see good. I've never seen you wear glasses or contacts. I don't, because I have an irrational fear that I'm going to damage them while in the field. Yet I wear sunglasses constantly. Same thing. And you're also not in the field right now. You're in a podcast studio. Listen, you know how my brain works. Well, that's the problem. So, if anything, these are sight enhancers. Okay. But with a tremendous, like, emphasis on enhancement. In what way? A couple different reasons. So depending on how your vision is, good, bad, or otherwise, having that aperture in front of your eye increases the visual acuity of your irons and your targets at the same time. And so if you look at this gun, it's very difficult to see because it's got a 28-inch long octagonal barrel. We'll just set it right here. I have equipped on this rifle a Lee Shaver front sight. It's called a globe. And inside of there is a super fine crosshair. So it looks oh, like, yeah. It looks I mean, like it the, looks like something out of a rifle scope. It's got yeah. literal crosshairs. And I've got interchangeable sight cards for it, so I can change it out to a heavy crosshair, a post, 
uh, BDC if I wanted to. Um, I've got the fine oh, crosshair right. in there right now. Yeah. Well, take your headphones off and shoulder that thing up, Jim. Yeah, okay, I will. You guys carry on. So, you know when you go to the optometrist and he or she puts that device in front of your face and they start setting up uh, different apertures on there until you've got like a real tack sharp image? I don't think I've done that. Oh, sure you have. Yeah, you hold the little paddle in front of your eye. Yeah. And um, that little paddle's got an adjustable wheel on it. And that wheel has different sized apertures. And they're using this to help kind of diagnose and understand what the requirements your eye needs. It makes the same noise that the optometrist thing makes. In fact. Spin it around. Yeah. So what Jim is commenting on, if you can't hear him because he doesn't have his mic on, (laughs) is this particular rifle is equipped with what's called a Hadley eye cup. And that Hadley eye cup has an adjustable aperture on it. So there's a wheel in there that as you rotate it, it incrementally increases or decreases the aperture diameter. Gotcha. And I'll use that at different light levels in the field. So if I'm hunting and it's like a low light, I'll have that aperture wide open. So I spin it to the most wide point. I'm allowing the most light through to my eye. You'll have to take your headphones off if you want to do it, Mark. Golly, I have to do this now too. Yeah, you do. Please excuse me. No, I'm, no I'm back. Mark's going away. Yeah. And so this is this is improving my visual acuity of that reticle on the front there, as well as my target, tremendously. And really, really handy tool. And like in all reality, I've shot that thing to like 500 meters at the silhouette range at our local gun club. And my sight won't adjust that far. My rear sight won't. But I can do holds. But it'll adjust to about 400 with the loads that I shoot out of it. It's it's like shooting a scope. Gosh, that is so interesting how that works. The, yep. you know, the science and the physics behind you know, light and everything and, yep. and sight. But it really is one thing that I've found. I'd say what I think a person, when they use open sights, mm-hmm. can be a little bit surprised how accurately and how far you can shoot an open, open sight firearm. Absolutely. And then I would say particularly a peep sight. Mm-hmm. What's really cool about it, and, and one of the things that I think not just me and my vision, but just using irons in general, Got my 1895 here. I still have the rear buckhorn installed, which needs to be deleted. And I felt like a real dummy when I opened my safe up this morning to get that thing out of there. You'll notice I've got a dovetail filler on my 1885. So that had a rear sight on it at one time. Nearly identical. You'll notice I've taken the elevator out of the site, but didn't drift the rear sight out and put the dovetail filler in there. Now, it's been a minute since I've worked with this gun, but I think what happened is I used my dovetail fillers on some other Winchesters that I have, and I didn't have any dovetail fillers, and that's why that that buckhorn is still in there. Normally, that would be deleted, and I would put a nice, tasteful dovetail filler in here like I have on this gun. Sure. Um, Can I ask? I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. Because I didn't pick that one up and look through it. Sure. Does that dovetail obscure? It is in the visual field. Right now, it's not in play. What's super curious about it is if you get behind that receiver sight that's on there and look at the front sight, mm-hmm. you'll see a huge windage discrepancy between the front, the what, what I'll call the middle sight, or in this case, the buckhorn, and mm-hmm. then the peep. I never did shoot it with the buckhorns. I have shot it with the peep. It shoots exceptionally well. Okay. And it does, it does get in the way. It will be gone. And like I said, I... Looked around and have any dovetail filler, so I feel kind of stupid. But what what's cool about? Go ahead, Jim. 
Well, no, you you go on with what you're going to say because I may switch gears on you. Sure. So when I'm when I'm shooting regular irons, what we'll call a buckhorn or a V-notch rear or whatever you want to call it, one thing I struggle with, and I know a lot of other people do, is where do you put the front post mm-hmm. relative to the rear notch relative to the target? And, do you and, snow cone it? Do you put it at the base of it? Does it need to be even with the top of the peaks of the buckhorn? Yeah, there's there's some some ambiguity in there, and different sight styles will dictate different post placement within that sight, right? So you could have a buckhorn that does not have a notch in the bottom; it could just be a swoop. You could have the traditional V notch. You could have a safari type sight, which is a very shallow V blade mm-hmm. on the on the rear. There's there's a, a whole bunch of different ways to skin that cat. One thing about them though is is they're they're kind of difficult to get really good with, or they require you to be quite steady mm-hmm. with a peep. And, and the phenomenon is pretty interesting. So long as you shoulder that thing and your peeps are zeroed, like your, your peep and your front are zeroed together. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and both of these guns are the, the use of the peep and that aperture, your eye and your brain will auto center it to an amazing degree of accuracy. And so if we've ever shot irons on like an AR, which is kind of the common analog that we see in modern times, it's amazing how precise you can be with an AR aperture rear and post front. And here again, there's no V-notch or anything that we're trying to reference. Like we've shot military style iron sights together out at the range and that kind of thing. You flip up a, a rear aperture peep and have a front post on your AR. And as long as you know your holds and where they need to be, it's, it's amazing how mm-hmm. precise you can be with them. And the eye is self-centering behind that peep. And I I think they're actually a little bit faster once you get accustomed to them because you're not having to go through this mental checklist of um, front side alignment, rear side alignment, eye target, or or in whatever order you would normally do that. The peep, you just pull it up. All you see is your front sight. You're well-centered automatically. You place it on target and execute the shot. And, And I just find them fantastically accurate. And I've, I've had just stellar luck with them. I've, I've hunted this gun quite a bit, actually. I've never hunted that gun. But the I, gun you're talking about right now is the... 1885. Uh, and that, what did you call this rear aperture on here? So this is a Tang sight. It's a marbles uh-huh. sight mounted to the Tang with a Hadley eye cup installed. Okay, the Hadley eye You can't cup. do a Tang style setup on the 1895 because it's uh, got the safety at the rear. Cor- on the correct, tank. yeah. And so that gun... In does this, this flip down or up? It does, yeah. So it'll flip down for storage. Yeah, that's what I was... Yep. And when she comes back up, yep. reliable, just right yep. back into where you need it. Yep, it's, it's been rock solid for me. So I set the zero on it some years ago, secured it in place at that sight drum. The adjustment is actually secured with uh, clear nail polish so it doesn't migrate on me. Thankfully, my loads, I, I haven't had to exhaust all the loads I put together for it, and they shoot pretty much point on to where I want them to. And, and your nails have never looked better. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, French dips. Love them. But super, super cool way to hunt with Did iron Did you say sites. French dips? Tips. <laughs> French dips a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> or a delicious dip to dip your ruffles in. Oh, French onion dip. Oh, yeah, we just always shorten it to French dip at my house. That's oh. cool, too. It I, makes you feel better when you eat it like like it's kind of fancier, yeah. maybe even healthy. Sure. I do love a good French dip. All for that sandwich. Yeah. I also love that. But anyway, I've, I've hunted this gun quite a bit. I've taken a mule deer, a pronghorn, a whitetail. I've had it in the field quite a few times. Mule deer was not much to scoff at. It was like 67 yards. The pronghorn was 163, mm. and the whitetail was 114. And okay. 114 was a kind of a 
chip shot. Uh, 163 it was getting a little sporty for the conditions and where I was shooting and what time of day it was. But do you really find that you increase? Do you actively increase the aperture? On the, I just leave it wide open. Or like so, I think about like me and just like the heat of the moment. Like I just want to be able to see. If I'm really bearing down uh, on that thing to to shoot a group with it, I've got that aperture as tight as possible. Okay. So I have it closed up as as much as I can when I'm on the range. In the field, during the bright of day, if I have the time, I'll aperture it down mm-hmm. and really, really increase my target and sight focus. In the evening, it's wide open. Yeah. Yeah. And so, actually, the sight card that's in there right now, like I said, is a very fine crosshair. I couldn't find my sight card when I went to Wyoming with it a few years ago. And I brought it with just in case I bumped into an elk or a whitetail and went out on a, a hay field to hunt whitetails in the evening. And that would be and and that would be more of like a BDC style reticle essentially that you would insert there or not? I was gonna put a post. A post. Yes. Okay. A post. And I, I couldn't find my sight card because I had recently moved or was in process of. Explain what the sight card is. So the sight card, I can take that little reticle out of there. Right. It's a it's a laser cut steel reticle. And I can pull it out. And it looks, it looks exactly like a reticle cell does, just there's no lens element. There's no glass. Mm-hmm. And then I can put in a different one. So I can pull it out. I can put a different one in. Right. Yeah, of, of my choosing. And they, they've got a whole bunch of different styles that you mm-hmm. can get for them. I was going to switch it to a more hunting-centric reticle. It's a very target-centric insert in there right now. Which is interesting because it looks like a traditional crosshair. It does. So what makes you say it's more of a target-centric one? It, so it's so fine. Okay. Yeah. So It in, is fine. In, in low light, I, yeah. I had this yeah. major anxiety that it was going to end up being a detriment to me. And I, I shot that whitetail with only a few minutes of light left. It was still very legal, but we were hunting in a very, very deep valley okay. um, where this was. And so the sun had gone down behind the mountains. It was very dark when I took the shot. And I, when I pulled up on her, it was like, oh, well, that's totally fine. And took the shot, dead. How do you level that thing in there? So there is a... a there like... There's a the little word? There's a little level in there. There's a tiny little spirit level inside of the site. No way, yeah. really? I can't really see it unless it's very well lit. But if you peek in there, you'll see there's just... Oh, a, goodness. Yeah, oh. There's a little spirit level in there. Sure um, enough. But the eyeball has, and the brain, has a tremendous ability to, to kind of self-level things, right? We, right. As people, we can see things with a, a pretty reasonable degree of accuracy. And so self-leveling is, is a, a thing that you do. And I think that the peep helps with that as well. Like I said, you know, when you look at a buckhorn, you think, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the word buckhorn. People are going to- Buckhorn, dovetail. Yeah, whatever you want to call that kind of sight. V-notch. Yeah. It inspires like the most analog and fastest means of doing things. When you put a peep on it, I think it absolutely elevates it. So- mm-hmm. I've got a Winchester Model 64. We've seen it on the show before. I've got a peep on that gun as well. I've got peeps on muzzleloaders, which I really prefer. I, I think it only enhances my ability as a shooter by getting that rear sight out of the equation. I've just got my front post. I've got it well-centered with my peep, and my, my placement of, of sight on target is absolutely better when I do it. And just, just a hoot to shoot. I really enjoy running them. This one over here on the 1895 doesn't seem to have as much, not adjustment, because adjustment is usually used sure. to define like elevation and windage, but it doesn't seem to have nearly as much customizability or something. I can't think of the word. Can this aperture open and close? So not that aperture, but 
that was a very standard sighting system for a long time. I, I haven't been able to accurately date that site. There's kind of a fun story behind that. Oh, this yeah. isn't a new like reproduction of an old site. This is an actual That's old a, site. That site is 1920s, 1930s vintage. So you found this somewhere no. when you got this gun. This is super funny. Can I tell a story? I'll take it. Take it, please. Man. Please do, Mr. Sto- Mr. Storyman. So we moved to our new HQ in 2018, mm-hmm. right? In 2015 or so, Scott Parks came up to me with a box of stuff. And he's like, hey, there's a bunch of stuff that I found at my house that I have no use for. Is there anything in here useful to you? And I'm like rummaging through it. There's some like reloading supplies and whatever. And I see this peep site. I'm like, cool. This is useful. And I look at it. I'm like, I don't know what it fits. So I threw it in my desk and still had the two fasteners that anchor it to the receiver. There's two screws that go into the side of, of that, that particular firearm. Do you have to drill and tap this? Mm-mm. They come that way. Oh, they come ready for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I, I threw some, some, <laughs> some scotch tape over that thing, and I chucked it in my desk drawer. Years go by. We go to move to the new building. And remember the bins that we had that they put? Oh, yeah. 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 So I like, I'm emptying my desk drawer, and like this is in there, and I just chuck it in there. I'm like, I'll sort that out when I get to the new building. So we get here, and I throw it in my new desk drawer, and I shut the drawer and forget about it. I can't remember what shot show it was when these things came up. 2019? Does that sound right? 18? Right, right. I, think it was eight, I think it was 18. It was 18. Because we had these on order for two years, yeah. and we got them, yeah, like 2020. Forgot about it. What a nice surprise. I know. Golly, so, it was. Jim comes running down to the booth. He's like, Winchester has 1895s. The Theodore Roosevelt come. We need to get some. Do you want something? I'm like, uh, yeah. And then they just never happened. And I kind of, I totally forgot about it. Anyway, they come in. I get the rifle. I'm like, well, this thing's neat. I got to hunt down a vintage peep site. So I reach out to a company called Vintage Gunscopes. And the guys and gals over there sell vintage rifle scopes in condition from good to excellent. They refurbish vintage rifle scopes, reglass vintage rifle scopes. Wow sell a smattering of rings, bases, mounts, peep sites, any kind of... Very cool. Yeah. What a niche yes. little business. And so niche I, or niche? I, I used to I'll always say niche, and then I feel like people like... You, you, try to, you sound smarter if you say niche. Yep. Yeah, you do. Just like saying mature. Mm. I still say mature. Same. So I reach out, and I say, hey, I'm looking for a peep, and I had a, a few different guns that I was looking for peeps for. And the gentleman there said, hey, I'm sorry I don't have any, but here's this photocopied cheat code book that will help you decipher peep fitment from like Pacific Sites, Lyman, Redfield, all the different peep site manufacturers at the time, vintage rifles, anyway. And I'm like, oh, thanks so much. Now when I'm running around gun shows or cruising eBay or looking for these things, I at least have a, a reference that I know what's going to fit what. What was that reference again? It was like a, a, a sheet that he had photocopied and emailed me. Okay. And it, it was, it was a, a code for, like, if this site was number D14, it would fit a Winchester 1895, a, okay. you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, cool, this will be useful. I'm goofing around on my desk one day, looking for, like, a quarter to take a turret cap screw off. Sure. And here's that site. And I pick it up and I flip it over and I'm like, well, there's a date code on there. And I, or a, a fitment code. And I look at that sheet and it fits an 1895. 
Unbelievable. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It was meant to be. It was. And so I had to do a little bit of minor fitting to it. So the, the earlier versions of the 1895 had a little bit of a different side profile on the receiver. And it had some some kind of like like correspondent bosses or notches that would fit the contour of the older receivers. And I had to, I had to fit those to this new receiver, get everything buttoned up, threw it on there, zeroed it. It shoots like a house of fire, the most atrocious recoiling gun I currently own because the butt plate is uh, very soft and forgiving steel. It's, it's a hoot to shoot. But Wait, it's a very, uh, it's just a, a flush steel yeah, if you can... Not, um, you, Teddy wasn't... Uh, it's not a recoil pad, it's, it's a plate. It's, not butt, all. it's it a is, butt plate. It is a, it's called a shotgun-type butt plate. But it's, Teddy wasn't no wuss. It's a pain in the butt to shoot, but fun to shoot. And with the peep on there, like at, at 50 yards, I can touch him. With this one, and I haven't given the gun enough time at 100 to do it, and the front sight's pretty coarse. And so I may, I may amend that. I may go to a different front sight. With this one at 100 yards, I, I can shoot, you know, probably an inch group. With yeah. It. You know? It's pretty good. Yeah. That's awesome. So they're, they're a really, really good way, I think, if you've got a lever gun that, that you're looking to continue utilizing the irons on, consider throwing a peep on there of some, some kind, some vintage, whether it's like a skinner that goes on top of the receiver or, you know, if you've got a gun that'll accept a tang sight, like one of these marbles. These are, these are really neat sights, too. They're extremely robust. They, you know, they move a lot, and you think like, well, okay, that doesn't inspire a ton of confidence. It's amazing how repeatable and robust mm-hmm. they are. And you, but you have to then adjust these. So, like, there's adjustments that you can do, obviously, to get them zeroed, but then mm-hmm. you can even adjust them when you're in the field to, yep. like, account for drop and stuff. Yep, and there are peeps out there, which this will eventually get upgraded to a Sewell-type site that some, I've seen some people call them ladders, which they're not, technically. But you'll, I mean, a ladder is what I picture on the, on like, you get on a Mosin. Sure, yep. They, they have an adjustment for windage and elevation, or some do. Anyway, sometimes you have to drift your front sight to, to accommodate a windage adjustment. But elevation adjustment, they have a scale on them that you can reference. Mm-hmm. There's a coarse and a fine. And, I mean, they still use those styles of sights in what's called black powder cartridge rifle competition. And they're shooting 1,000 yards with, <laughs> with those styles of sights on 45.70s, 45.90s, 45.100s, 110s, et cetera. And tremendous accuracy, like just absolutely bonkers accuracy. And super repeatable. You can run them up the entire length of the staff and then bring them back down. When you fire the weapon, a lot of times they fold forward. You flip them back to their, like, at rest position, at vertical. Super repeatable. Awesome. Awesome way to shoot. Very Actually, fun. No, I was mistaken. I was thinking of uh, I was thinking of my Lee Enfield has a ladder on it. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the difference between the one you're describing and, like, the one that's on my Lee Enfield? It has one where, it, yeah, it folds down, then it yep. has, like, a battle peep sight or something like that. Sure. But then you flip it up, and then it gives you, like, these, uh, you know, there's, like, a little slider. Yeah, so located on the barrel. Yeah, that one is. As opposed to the Tang. Oh, this would be a Tang version. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then, But then is it still, like, a fancy optometrist-looking peep sight within that? Yes. So you'll have, at the minimum, an aperture. And usually you'll have this same kind of, it looks like a dish, for those of you who aren't looking or can't watch this. It'll be a dish. The Hadley is an adjustable dish. Mm-hmm. So there's, within that dish, another uh, kind of a card, if you will, that you would rotate the apertures out. So you can get a fixed aperture of your, of your choosing. So it, it just screws right in, like this disc comes right off. Yeah. You just screw that in. You can have a fixed aperture. If you're only going to be shooting target competition with it, you don't ever intend on hunting with it. You know, great. Simple, robust. 
just a dish with a, a small little hole in it. You can get an adjustable, like a Hadley. You could also put one of these in here. And, and so initially, this gun with this marbles peep had, had an aperture that looked just like this, real small standard aperture that, yeah. that threads right into the, the staff on the marble side. Got it. They are. It, it, is, they, it is pretty neat. You yeah. know, it's, it's cool that, I mean, you almost say like the, the technology that somebody figured out back in the day, but it's obviously very simple at the same time. It's just that somebody figured out, when I look through a really, really tiny little hole, I can actually see better. Mm-hmm. Which is so counterintuitive. Yep. Right. I mean, what I like about them, yeah, and I like shooting, you know, traditional dovetails or buckhorns. Yep. Like, I, I actually really enjoy shooting open sights, but I do love with a peep how you can see more of the target or the animal, you know, shooting like that traditional dovetail. It just, it really, you can still be really accurate, but you're obscuring so much of what you're looking at. Absolutely. And like you said, Jim, so if you do, like, depending on how you have it set up, you know, like, it can just be, you're like, okay, well, if I want to see where I'm actually aiming at on the animal, then I do kind of have to lollipop it or whatever. But depending on what distance, you might not be able to. Sure. You know, so. Yeah, absolutely. No, very, very clever tools. And, and, And even with modern even with modern guns, usually you're seeing this on like lever guns. Mm-hmm. You can get a variety of different sights for it, be it tang like this marble mm-hmm. or receiver sights, not unlike that one right there. But you'll see skinners are very popular on, on some of the newer Marlins, especially. Mm-hmm. They mount right up on top of the receiver. They've got this very attractive sculpted ramp and they've got a simple aperture in the back that you can look through. And I, I think they're marvelous. I think that they're, they're a, a great way to hunt and, and they really don't, detract at all from the performance of the arm. You, you certainly, magnification's a useful tool to have. Oh, very um, much But so. if, if you're shooting your gun, you know, 100, 150 yards, maybe, uh, a people sort out 90% of the problems that you might face in the field. So, Won't it be funny when we reach a day when people are talking about red dots the way we're talking about peep sites? Well, it's interesting that you say that sure. because I was going to correlate what I was saying about like a peep versus like a buckhorn from like when I've, shot the front beat on my shotgun mm-hmm. and you're shooting mm-hmm. at a bird that's maybe you know 40 45 50 yards out and you're like you know, you just can't see much of the bird then you throw that red dot on there like oh yeah there's the entire bird the dot is on its head just your right. your awareness of the target picture is enhanced greatly mm-hmm. absolutely fun, fun way stuff. to shoot fun way to shoot fun way to hunt very satisfying I haven't goofed with my 1895 in a very long time. I think I got the I was last. Just like, I was just trying to remember, like, this mechanical action is just so, so wild looking. Oh. Just incredibly. There's a lot going on there. There's a ton going on there. And for a gun that was built pre-1900. Right. It's meant to fire spire-pointed bullets out of a lever gun. It's extremely fast. It's extremely accurate. It shoots fantastic. Horrible recoil in the 405, <laughs> anyway. I, I'd really like one in 30-06. I think that'd be, or 3040. Either one of those would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, really marvelous gun. Very ahead of its time. John Moses Browning was a genius. To, to, and that's understating Put it lightly. Yes, that's understating it. Yeah. Very clever gun. Contract rifle for the Russian military in 7.62 by 5.4R. No kidding, huh? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I think it was Calvary, I believe. Somebody will fact check me on that. I'll tr- sure. I, I trust yeah. you. It sounded. Yeah. I'd use it on a horse. Mm-hmm. Anything else peep related, Jim? Nope. 
Right on. Cool. Well, thank you guys. Thank you, Ryan, for bringing in these marvelous visual aids. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed the peep show. Oh, oh, there we go. Yeah. There we go. Thank you, Jim. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. What's your open sight rig look like? Do you shoot irons? Did you used to shoot irons and maybe think, gosh, I should go do that again? Oh, it's very rewarding to hunt with them. You know, well, I was going to say, you're going to bet your hunting season on irons? I'm not. I carried a iron sight again when Jimmy and I were hunting. Went down. To yep, very, this is true. Some very specific hunts I would do it on. Really but nice. I'm not, when, 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 when big things are on the line, I'm still going with some good old-fashioned <laughs> magnification. A really nice buck stood up, but it was our holiday doe season. I mean, he was like 35 yards. I was like, oh, man. That would have been just like a couple weeks earlier. would have been in play. You know I don't hunt them things. Not till this year. Not till this year. Mm. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everybody. Iron sights. They're cool. We'll catch you on the next one. See Bye. Ya. Bye.